Hey, it's Bethany here. If you've been following me for any length of time, you've probably heard the story about how my family and I sold our dream house and most of our belongings, bought a motorhome, and traveled the U.S. with our teens for about a year. Now, that sounds like a big deal. And really, the act of doing that was a big deal. But what was even a bigger deal was all of the inner work that we did that led up to us making that decision. And as I look back and I think about the work we did, it really comes down to getting rid of the clutter in our lives. Now, there's a ton of ways that you can approach this, but I really have narrowed down some specific ways to declutter your life when it comes to your stuff, your physical items, your relationships, and your time. And I've put that into a seven-day mini course that starts May 17th. It's called Declutter Your Life. The course will take place in a private and exclusive Facebook group full of like-minded people, like-minded people who want to get rid of clutter so they can be clear and dialed in to who they are and live a life meaningful for them. I'm here to help. And I am so excited to walk through this process with you. Again, it starts May 17th. And to sign up, you go to bigliferesources.com forward slash declutter. Again, bigliferesources.com forward slash declutter. You get access to daily teachings in this Facebook group, additional videos and resources to help support your journey, and daily action items and worksheets to help you move forward in the decluttering process. I hope to see you on the inside. Oh, and the investment is a one-time investment of $47. I know, crazy. That's it, right? You can do this. You can live a life that is free of clutter, relationships that are healthy and strong, a schedule that doesn't overwhelm you, and stuff that makes you feel light. Let's get after it. I'll see you on the inside. Bigliferesources.com forward slash declutter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dialed In. I'm your host, Bethany Clemenson, and I'm here today with Sonia Echemendi. I am thrilled to share her with you. Her story is impactful, emotional, and very, very inspiring. Um, Let me start with a brief introduction about her, and then we'll let her share. So Sonia is the founder and CEO of Etch Your Life, LLC, which is a small business consulting company. She's the author of the international best-selling book, Living a Life of Tin Can Moments. She's also an international certified speaker and leadership trainer. She's retired from the government where she started out with the Department of Defense and ended her career as Chief of Contracts and Acquisition for the Environmental Protection Agency in Boston, Massachusetts. She served all of New England in that role. During her government career, she held many different, excuse me, many different positions She says her greatest knowledge came from the experiences she gained from interactions with people and organizations starting from her first job and continuing through today. 
Sonia started out, as many do, from the ground floor and worked her way to the top. Her greatest lessons learned are to focus on the positive, to overcome the negative, and to understand the power of prayer. Today, as a volunteer chaplain with Baptist Health, she is living out her dream and purpose to simply add value to others. Sonia currently lives in Arkansas with her husband, Dennis. She has two children, three grandchildren, two dogs, and a lot of patience. <laughs> Today, she's on a mission to help people learn how to live a life filled with tin can moments. So welcome to Dialed In, Sonia. Thank you, Bethany. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Wow. So prior to starting the recording, um, Sonia and I were talking, and her story is captivating. I cannot wait um, for her to share with you some of the things that she's learned and experienced that has really led her to, to live a big life. So I guess as we get started, Sonia, maybe you could start by telling us what living a big life means to you. Oh, wow. Uh, For me, it means waking up every day, adding value to people, uh, especially family, church, community, but also making sure that my life is filled with peace. Mm. That's fabulous. So as we dive in, I'm going to let you start wherever your heart is, whatever's on your heart. I ask people just to share their story about living big, and um, I'll stop talking, and I'll let you go. (laughs) Okay. You know, Bethany, the first question I get normally is, what is a 10-can moment? And so as you listen to my story, just keep in mind that a 10-can moment is an action. It's an action that someone takes when they're dealing with a negative situation and they need to pull something positive out of it. And the reason they need to pull something positive out of that is so they can overcome the obstacle that they're facing, that negative obstacle. So the tin can moment is an actual action. So, uh, you know, the tin can moment process for me I didn't realize it started then, but it started back in August of 2017. And my husband and I were going through a home renovation inside and out. So you can imagine, if you've ever been through that, how much pressure that is. We were ending Mm -hmm. every day negative. Uh, And I must say that I am an incurable optimist to a fault. And my husband is an incurable pessimist. (laughs) But because of that, we blend. Yes, he keeps Mm -hmm. me in reality, and I keep him from deep depression. So we sort of (laughs) help each other. And so I got to one day that August of 2012, and I said, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot face this negative energy. Uh, And it could be something from the wrong knob coming in to the big pile of construction materials that the contractors left in the front yard. And I just thought, I can't deal with this anymore. So during the renovation, there was an old tin can that we found, and it was sitting over in the kitchen. I grabbed it and set it on the table. 
And I said to my husband, we've got to end our day on something positive. So will you do this with me? At the end of every day, let's write on a piece of paper something good that happened that day. I don't care how bad the day is. Let's please end our day with something positive. And I said, I don't want to know what you write, and I'm not going to tell you what I write. Let's just do it and put it in the can and leave it. And he said, okay, and we did it. We did it all summer long, then Christmas comes, and then New Year's Eve comes. And that's a day that my husband and I never go anywhere. So I looked at him and I said, hey, you want to read those notes in that can? And he said, yeah, let's get it out and read it. So we pulled the can out and started reading the notes. And I want you to know we laughed and we cried and we shared stories that the the other didn't know that the other was talking about, and we enjoyed it so much. And those notes, I just treasured them, so I didn't want to throw them away. And I grabbed a Ziploc bag, I put them in the bag, and I wrote 2012 on it. And I said, let's do this this year too. And he said, okay. So I wrote on the top of the can, one good thing a day, do not open until December 31st, 2013. And we did that every day. So then... New Year's Eve comes around on 2013, 2014, 15, 16. We're writing these notes. We're reading them. We're having a grand New Year's Eve. And then in 2017, we had a really negative thing happen, extremely negative. And I thought that that's why we had been writing these notes all these years. You know how you think, why is this happening? Maybe God's preparing Mm -hmm. me for something. Well, what happened in 2012 was I ended up with um, double pneumonia and congestive heart failure in the hospital. And I was uh, put into a coma. And I want to tell you this. I'm a woman of faith, and so is my husband. And we feel that God's hands are all over us and the 10 Can Moment process because the things I'm about to tell you have brought that all to light for us. So the doctor comes out when I'm admitted to the hospital, and he says to my husband, he says, unless your wife has had a hard life and is ready to leave this world, all we can do is put her on life support. Well, my husband, I'm laughing because you'd have to know my husband. I can see him Mm -hmm. saying this. My husband looked at that doctor and said, my wife is not ready to leave this world. She's got things to do. So you hook her up, you do what you have to do. She is not ready to leave. And they Mm -hmm. gave my husband little to no hope. So for eight days, I was laying there on life support, and then all of a sudden on the eighth day, I started breathing on my own. And no one could figure out why. So a few days after that, when I was still in ICU, before I went into in-hospital rehab, my doctor, my cardiologist, sat on the edge of my bed, and he said, I have no medical explanation as to why you started breathing on your own, and I feel it was a divine intervention. Now, think about that. That is medicine and faith coming together. How Mm -hmm. often does that happen? So uh, that was a pivotal moment in my life, and I kept doing, I kept writing those notes 
the three weeks I was in, in, in hospital rehab, I put them in an empty tissue box so I could bring them home and dump them in the can. And so my husband and I thought, well, that's why we've been doing these tin can, uh, we didn't call them tin can moments at the time, we just called them notes in the can. Um, and we thought that's why we were doing them until uh, right before Christmas of that same year, 2017, talk about being tested. We had an event happened at our house that involved animals and blood, and it was horrible. It just in my book, I, I go into detail, but it was horrible. And it was so bad that my husband and I didn't speak for a week. Uh, it was the only time that we did not drop notes in the can. And afterwards, in discussions with each other, we found out we were both thinking the same thing, that our marriage was over. And we were both planning on leaving. So here is Christmas Eve, I mean New Year's Eve, and I said to my husband, I said, well, we, we might as well read the notes in the can because we'll probably never do it again. He said, yeah, let's read them. And that can turned into a hope chest for us. We, we cried a lot, and we found out that the other in dealing with these animals was thinking one way, and we thought... I thought he was thinking a different way, and he thought the same thing about me. We talked, we cried, we hugged, and we realized that negative situations are going to happen. And you have to acknowledge that they happen, but you have to put them on a shelf in your life. You have to, you can't let that define who you are or control what you do. You've got to accept the negative and go on. And that, that 2017 New Year's Eve saved our marriage. And wow. so happened, I know, what happened the next year, uh, a friend of mine, Eric Reed, uh, uh, did a show, uh, a Facebook Live type show called uh, Fun Friend Friday. And now this is how God works. Eric didn't know me from beans, and I didn't really know <laughs> Eric. And he had someone cancel on him on his Fun Friend Friday. So I get a call from him to, uh, Thursday, and he said, hey, you want to do my Fun Friend Friday? And I'm like, well, what is it and what do I do? And he said, you just show up. Well, he obviously had been reading our uh, website because we didn't call it Tin Can Moments back then. We just called it Notes in a Can. And when he was interviewing me, he said, well, tell me about these notes that you and your husband write to yourself. So I told him the story, and the people listening were going, oh, my gosh, this is great. You need to do Christmas cans for people, and you need to do Mother's Day cans and Father's Day cans, and somebody said, and you need to do school time cans. And when they said that, I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going there. I'm a grandmother. My grandchildren are in college. I am so disconnected, thankfully, from the school system. It's like I want nothing to do with it. But I wrote it down anyway because they kept saying it. And they also gave me the name Tin Can Moments. I believe it was Diane Dick who said, call it Tin Can Moments. And I said, can I steal that? And she said, yes. And that's when it was called Tin Can Moments. So I started writing the book. And honestly, I thought the book was going to be about writing notes and putting them in a can. Mm -hmm. And the more the more I wrote and the more I allowed myself to just get my thoughts down on paper, I realized it was so much bigger than notes in a can. I started interviewing people, 
And what I found is that there is a groundswell of people who are so tired of the negative and want to focus on the positive. Um, and so I discovered a formula that applies to everybody's story that I interviewed. And that is if you have a positive attitude and a strong faith, you can overcome anything. Now, when I say overcome, that can take on a lot of different meanings, and I'll explain that a little later. But it does happen. Positive attitude. See, I think if someone's got a negative attitude, they're not only not going to be able to um, accept God's word totally, but they're certainly not going to be able to study it and absorb Mm -hmm. it like someone with a positive attitude would. And so that's why I think people need to really focus on having a positive attitude so you can strengthen your faith. Absolutely. I um, I definitely don't want to interrupt here as you're going, but it, it's brought to mind something. Um, my very first coach, the first coach that I worked with, um, was a pastor, and I didn't know that for months. Um, it, it wasn't a faith-based organization that I found him through, and it was actually a company that I worked for that um, provided executives with a coach. And so it was probably six months in, he uh, he did tell me that he used to be a full-time pastor, and I asked him why he stepped out of pastoring, and and he said because he felt God was calling him to work with people one-on-one because when people can get through their stuff, I'm doing air quotes if you could see me, when people work through their stuff and they learn how to live with faith, which includes you know, changing your attitude and being positive, they find God. And uh-huh. that, that he felt that was his highest calling to be able to help people, you know, change their lens, so to speak, you know, shift their mindset, their attitude. Because when you clear all the junk out of the way, <laughs> then you can see God more clearly. That's true. And, you know, sometimes we think, I know what my path is. I know what my goal is. I know what God wants me to do. And so I'm going to go out here and I'm going to go do it. Well, let me tell mm-hmm. you what, what your plan is may not be God's plan. And I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. Remember I told you about the school time cans and I just didn't mm-hmm. want to go there? Well, I, um, we, we donate uh, 10% a month in our company and in 10 Ken Moments to local charities. And I was sitting with one of them, and this was while I was writing the book, and she looked at the table of contents and she said, oh, you've got school time cans in here. Tell me about that. And I said, well, I've only got it in there because people are insisting that I have it in there, but, you know, I don't have any connections <laughs> with the school system. Been there, done that, got all the T-shirts. You know, I don't even know how to do it. And she says to me, and this is how God works, she said, oh, well, the superintendent of schools is my good friend. Let me get you in there because this needs to be in the school system. She understood the 10-can process. She understood the formula. And it scared me to death. I thought, oh, my gosh, I've got to talk to a superintendent. This is really going to happen? No. So she calls me and she says, I've got you a 15-minute appointment. He's really got tight scheduled, but I told him he needs to hear this. So she went with me and that 15-minute 
uh, meeting ended up being about an hour, and he was so excited about the possibility of this helping the students that he said, you know what, I'm going to put you in a special school that's very special to me in my school district. And if you can get results from this school, I will get you in the entire district next year, and then I will help you get into the surrounding districts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know that's, that is a God thing, because how hard is it to get into schools? It's almost impossible mm-hmm. to get a new idea into a school. You know why? Because I could be some nut going in there and mm-hmm. teaching the kids something that is going to just ruin them for life. So I can understand right. why they have to be so cautious. But the superintendent got it. So my husband and I decided through our company we would fund the whole thing because they were trusting us. And so I met with the principal. I met with the teachers. We talked about how that school would like their can designed. And we went through a mini uh, school time process with the teachers. Uh, And I also included the parents in the process because I always think of everything as a partnership. So we've got the student, the teachers, and the parents. And uh, they went through the nine weeks. They started out, you know, you cannot measure attitude but you can measure behavior. So they, they had a um, evaluation point that was a six-week, um, excuse me, a nine-week evaluation period. They started at the beginning and they measured behavior. And the only thing they did different is they introduced the 10 can moment process. And then at the end, the student took their daily notes in their memory pouch and they took it home with a note from the principal to the parents. And the parents were asked to just sit down with their child and read the notes. And the response back was incredible. The children loved it. The students had fun. The teachers gave great feedback on it. But the parents' data that came back, their response brought me to tears. Because they were saying things like, my son has never, or my child, has never come home feeling this positive during a rating period as they feel now. And you know why? It's because the student took home one good thing a day that happened every day for that nine-week period. And usually the parents are getting notes like, you know, little Tommy needs to work on this or work on that or they've improved Mm -hmm. here. It's also uh, cut and dry and cold. Oh, that's how I see it. But to take home a pouch of notes that your student wrote about their experience and all the positive stuff, that was powerful for the parents. So was mm-hmm. that my journey that I wanted to be on? Absolutely not. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's going to work out fine because I don't have to deal with the students. I just have to deal with the principal and the uh, teachers and then get the feedback from the parents. What a beautiful thing to do. You know, my fear was having to actually deal with students which at my age, I'm 69 years old, so I don't have, you know, I've got a lot of patience, but I don't have patience to go in a classroom with all those kids today. (laughs) And so God set me up to deliver this in a way that um, I just have to, like I said, deal with uh, principals, teachers, and then I get the feedback, which which was um, incredible to get that. So my point is, when you're on your journey and something just, you know, like I don't want to go there, just think and pray about it because it might be the very path 
that God has you on, that you're supposed to be on. It's not always fun, but the end result will get you uh, where you're using your gifts to help people. Mm-hmm. I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like we could go on and we could probably talk for hours about the things that you've learned and all of your experiences and dive into your book deeper and all the things you're involved in. <laughs> but may I add, I want, may I add yeah. one more item that Absolutely. Uh, is, is really powerful? I don't know how much time we have left, but at, when I was at the end of writing my book, um, I was in the middle of doing the um, um, the closure, the, the last chapter, and I was actually driving in my car up to New England to visit my granddaughter, and what had happened shortly before that is I had fallen out of my the seat of my car, so I just fell from the seat to the pavement. car wasn't moving. It was parked, so it wasn't a, a long fall. It wasn't a hard mm-hmm. fall but it broke my entire shoulder. So mm. my doctor jumped into high mode and did so much testing on me. I mean, tests I had never heard of. Um, and they wrapped me up really tight to see if it could heal on its own. While I'm driving to New Hampshire, it was May of last year, my oncologist called and asked me to pull over and because he wanted me to, he knew that I wanted to process it before I got to my um, granddaughter's house. He had already said that um, I was on the spectrum, but he didn't know where. He said, you have LPL, stands for a long word, so you can Google it, LPL mm-hmm. lymphoma. And I thought, oh, it's probably something to do with my lymph nodes, but it's not. Uh, he said, you have cancer and it's in your bone marrow, and your stage four. Now, what do you do do with that? You're heading Mm -hmm. up to your family. You've just been told that you've got a condition that is, there's no cure. It's treatable, but it's not curable. It's Mm -hmm. very rare, so they don't have a lot of information about it. In fact, it's mostly found in men, so it's even more rare that I have it. And so, you know, the first thing I did was call a trusted friend who's very positive. She's a nurse. And I said, I need some help processing this. And she said, well, first of all, don't call it cancer because cancer is a negative, heavy word. You know, when I was a young girl, my parents and my grandmother, they never said cancer. They would whisper it, cancer. You know, you just don't mm-hmm. say it out loud it, because mm-hmm. you say cancer, you think of death. And then, so mm-hmm. she said, don't call it that. Call it CA, which is what nurses say to each other when they say, what ward are you on tonight? And they say, oh, I'm on CA. And then they all know, so they don't have to worry about anybody hearing it. So I thought, okay, that's a good idea. And then she said, are you taking, having to take chemo? And I said, well, when I get back, he wants to start chemotherapy right away. And she said, don't call it chemo. Because when people think and say chemo, they think of losing hair, getting sick, losing weight, just just horrible bodily conditions that you have to fight. And she said, so just call it treatment because that's what it is. Your cancer can't be cured, so but it is treatable. So just call it treatment. 
And so I thought, and I thought, I like this. I, I like having the positive words come out of my head. Mm-hmm. And it helped me mm-hmm. when I talked to my granddaughter about it. Um, it really helped so much saying words that didn't have negative connections to them. And so what do you do when you've got that diagnosis? And I'm given like one to five years. Well, first of all, my faith is so strong that nobody knows my expiration date except God. Hmm. And I have given my condition to him. He's either cured me on this planet or when I meet him, but I, it is just a condition that I've been given, and as crazy as this sounds, I've turned this into a blessing. My diagnosis is now a blessing because I'm able to help other people in this way. Remember the doctor I told you about who said that I had a divine intervention happen? Well, Mm -hmm. my oncologist is the same type of doctor. He believes that while we have our medical diagnosis, faith plays a role in everything. So those two doctors, my oncologist and my cardiologist, have partnered with me to write another book called The Ultimate Tin Can Moment. From bunions to cancer. So anytime someone's dealing with a medical condition, you know, you might think cancer's worse than a bunion, but if you've never had anything wrong with you and you're having bunion surgery, that's big. That's huge. And the whole point is to not let any of this define who we are. It's a condition, Mm -hmm. and we need to recognize it, but we cannot let it define who we are. We need to put it in the right perspective in our, in our lives. And so while, uh, yes, I've got stage four cancer, but I do not let it define who I am. In fact, I forget that I have CA. This last mm-hmm. October, I was scheduling for November, and I said, oh, hold on, let me check my calendar, and I flipped it over to November, And I started laughing because the first week of every month is when I have treatment. And I saw that, and I had totally forgot that I had CA, totally forgot about it. And I started laughing. It's like, oh, my goodness, no, I'm not available the first week. You know, I'm having treatment. And they're like, what kind of treatment? And I say CA, and people act like they know what that is. And they go, oh, okay, no no biggie. And so it is just something that's in my life, but it's not defining who I am. So what the doctors want to do with the second book is they want to create a pamphlet that is handed out to every patient at diagnosis time. And what it's talking about is the partnership that the patient, the family, and the nurse all have. Uh, if, If something is going wrong in the treatment, or in the process of having the condition, then either the patient doesn't understand their, their role and not, not following, maybe the family doesn't understand. A lot of people forget about the family. They play such a huge role in this process. And they are scared to death a lot of times and they don't have the information. And then the nurses who are so overwhelmed and the families and the patients don't, don't really know and sometimes don't care. It's like, you treat me, I'm here. And so the whole part of this is developing that positive mindset and also focusing on faith so that the condition doesn't define them. And I'll, I'll end with sharing this with you. 
when I discovered this formula in my book when I was interviewing everybody and I found out that the overall thing that was working for everybody in the book was that they focused on a positive attitude, strong faith to overcome their obstacles. And what ends up happening when you get your attitude to a point where you've conditioned yourself to maintain a positive attitude, and when those negative things hit you, you know exactly how to counter them and, and handle them, your faith gets so strong that the formula flips and that you're working with a strong faith because you've got that positive attitude and then you're overcoming the obstacles. I love it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for your time with us today. Thank you for sharing your story with us. (laughs) Here's what I love about this. Your story is relevant. So as I'm listening to you, I'm writing down all the people that could be impacted by your story. And I have every age range. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have youth, parents, teachers, people that work with youth, people that are in a relationship and trying to navigate a relationship of any kind, people going through a stressful time, people that are just wanting to maybe make a change in their life. Like your story can speak to anyone at any level of their life. It's incredible. Uh, And one thing that I hadn't told you about, um, I had a lady contact me through the website and she said, my daughter is getting married this summer and I'm wondering because we have a uh, section on our website that talks about specialty cans and she said can you do some kind of specialty can for my daughter for her wedding I really don't know what that would look like but I like the concept of the Christmas can which families are oh my goodness the I, that's another interview it's being it's done so well so many people so many families are benefiting from that but anyway we talked about it and so we're developing uh, a can that displays all the colors of the wedding and adding some pictures and it personalizing the can. And so what the mother is going to do is take the can around to uh, married couples and having, you know, couples that there are, listen, you think there aren't a lot of people that have been married a long time, but there are. And so she's going to all these couples who have been married 30, 40, 50 years to have them write notes of hope to this new couple. And so Mm -hmm. the challenge for the couple will be to keep the can and open it on their first anniversary. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that going to be? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, it is. I didn't mean to get off track there, but there are so many things you can do with the 10 can moment process in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to um, wrap up with a few teaching points that I pulled from your story, and then I would like for you to share how people can connect with you, and um, and and then we'll close. But um, okay. I had a hard time narrowing down uh, exactly what to put in in the teaching points here because there were really so many things. So I have three big ones. Um, First of all, number one, being positive is a choice that anyone can make. 
Number mm-hmm. two, attitude impacts every area of your life. And number three, having a spiritual connection, having faith is vital in order to live a big life. And I'll end here with your formula one more time. A strong attitude plus a strong faith equals overcoming any obstacle you face. Mm-hmm. So I know listeners are going to want to get connected with you. Can you share um, the best way? Maybe um, I think that if I remember right, you're involved in a youth summit. So maybe that would be a way for youth to connect with you. And then also, I think you mentioned um, before we started recording about some type of Mother's Day um, giveaway that you're doing. So maybe be sure to cover those two. Yes, they actually overlap. It's it's the same conversation. Yes, if Perfect. you listen to um, uh, my video on Rise Above Youth Summit, and um, by the way, Bethany has one too. Hers is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I talk about in my in mine is is the formula we talked about, and uh, there's a Mother's Day can that I am actually giving away free, and and you might be saying, what is the Mother's Day can? The Mother's Day can is probably, I predict, to be the most treasured Mother's Day gift a mother could receive. Uh, The cost of it is minimal, but it's something she will treasure for the rest of her life. So the students are at home, and it's impossible to do the school time 10-can moment process. So what I've decided to do is I'm giving away the Mother's Day can to students who are stuck at home at this time, and all they have to do is go to the 10 Can Moments, Plural Moments, Facebook page and write down one good thing that happened to them that day, one good choice they made, one good thing. And I've encouraged them to have their mother do it with them. Go to the page and just write one good thing. Every Sunday, I'm going to be giving away Mother's Day cans to these students. And it's filled with the instructions how they do it. And this virus going around is not going to stop them from being able to get the notes they need in the can because you know what? We have the Internet. We are so connected. There is a way Mm -hmm. to get the information into that can. Uh, and, And what I do know, without a doubt, is that the student will end up with an attitude of gratitude by doing this for their mother. And the mother will receive... A, a very unique gift from their child on Mother's Day. So I, I encourage people to go. Uh, you can read more about the 10 Can Moments uh, process and the journey on our website, 10CanMoments, with an S, dot com. But uh, the students can be involved in recognizing their one good thing a day in this time where they're confined inside, going crazy, but I guarantee you, if you're challenged, they can pull out one good thing a day, and it's going to help their attitude through all of this. And they need to write it just as a post on a page. Um, and I've got a lot of things built in, so um, privacy will be acknowledged, and I would not communicate directly with a student without uh, connecting with the parent as well. But it's a great way for a child to develop that attitude of gratitude during this time when uh, at one point they're going to start scraping for things to be grateful for. Um, 
Anyway, so uh, that that's all detailed in the Rise Above Youth Summit video that I did, and that's how you can con- get in contact with me as well. All right, so riseaboveyouthsummit.com is where you can find Sonia's talk and her information about the Mother's Day um, giveaway. And then 10canmoments.com is where you can connect with her on her website. What about um, social media? Or do you have a Facebook or Instagram or anything like that? I, I do. It is actually the Facebook page where the students need to go right there. One oh, perfect. Day. Yeah, okay. so that's the 10 Can Moments Facebook page. And I'm also okay. on LinkedIn as well. All right. I'm just writing all this down so I can be sure I put it in the show notes. So listeners, if you're in a spot and you're not able to write all this down or remember it, don't worry. It'll be in the show notes as a reference for you. So um, anything else on your heart, Sonia, as we close today? Uh, um, I can't stress enough how uh, important it is to choose a positive attitude. It's the one thing that we are in 100% control of, as are the children, the leaders, the teachers. We are 100% in control in choosing our attitude. Uh, If you have a bad attitude, then you chose it, and you can't blame anybody. Just like the good attitude, you choose it. Nobody gave that to you. You you choose it. And that will um, change your life, actually. And then the strong faith. You know, you may not, people listening to this may not believe in the same God that I believe in. They may have a different higher power. They may believe there is no higher power. But I know that my God is very powerful in my life and my doctor confirmed it. <laughs> so uh, I think faith is uh, faith is the key in life for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks again so much for being here. We so appreciate all of the tidbits and nuggets of wisdom and you sharing your story with us today. Uh, thank you for having me, Bethany. I'm so, so honored. I appreciate it. So listeners, we appreciate you spending time with us today. I know you could be doing a lot of other things with your time, and it's very, um, it just means a lot that you would spend your time here with us. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode of Dialed In. And until next time, take action, live big, and stay dialed in.